So you want to be a deer hunter. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Roy Canterbury. I'm going to be your host today on Archer Talk 101. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, beginners starting out in deer hunting. Uh, what do you need to look at? What do you need to think about? And just how do you enjoy the sport? So start off with um, whitetail deer hunting is one of the most popular hunting genres in the world. Every year, more and more enthusiasts pick up the sport of archery. And some go into hunting and some just pick up the sport of archery. So for the first time whitetail deer hunter, it can be a rather difficult thing to do. Uh, that is why a few tips and tricks to get you started uh, with the results is what we'll cover today. Now, first you want to do is check your equipment before going out to the stand. You know, not later when a buck walks out, find out your equipment needs, needs some work. Uh, one of the things you want to do is you want to check your site if you're using one. You know, if you're not using a site, then you don't have to worry about the site. But if you're using one, you need to check it. Make sure that your pins are okay. They're not broke. If they're fiber optic pins, you want to make sure that the fiber is still attached. If you have a light on your site, you know, for seeing in that low low light condition, sometimes when you're in a forest in the middle of the day, it's dark enough, it's hard to see your, your pins because the sun doesn't shine through. So you want to turn on your, your light on your pins if you have one. And check it, make sure it works, and then make sure you turn it off so it's battery's not dead when you get to the tree stand. And then next thing to do is check your arrows. You know, if you're going out uh, uh, deer hunting, you have to have broadheads on there. Uh, make sure that you have the arrows with broadheads on. Make sure you don't grab the wrong case uh, that have field tips because you're not going to be able to hunt with those. So check those. Uh, make sure that they're sharp. There's ways you can check to make sure that they're sharp. Uh, one good way is take a rubber band and expand it between your fingers and then just uh, lay it on there and then it should cut it or slightly move it across it and it should cut the rubber band and uh, not roll it because then it's not sharp enough. So you want to make sure that they are sharp. Uh, now, put an arrow in your bow. You know, if you're at home or whatever, uh, you want to draw your bow back to make sure that everything is still okay. Uh, you know, it's always good to take a few shots before you go out just to make sure that you're you're warmed up. Everything is working good. Uh, if you can't take a few shots, then when you get to your tree stand, you know, put your broadhead on there and go ahead and uh, draw it back and make sure you have good shooting lanes. Because if you don't have good shooting lanes, you're not going to be able to get to the, the deer when you come out. Uh, you know, there are many other issues to consider. Um which one tell you know be prepared well ahead of time you know if you find you're you're checking your string you're waxing your string i'd recommend doing that you know the day before you're going out and put a little light coat of wax on it rub your fingers up and on the string so that you can feel any problems if you have any problems yeah now's the time to know not when you draw back and you get ready to shoot and your string breaks so you want to care, care you know be careful of that one thing to remember is when you put your bow in a case, do not put the arrows, in, the broadheads in there with it because you can close that case. All it takes is one of those broadheads to touch that string that's under tension and you're going to uh, cut the string. And, you know, if you don't cut all the way through, you cut a few strands, next thing you know, you shoot and it breaks on you. So remember, your broadheads have to be covered if they're going to be in your case. Otherwise, they need to be in a separate case. Remember to take it all with you. Now, the last thing you want to do is find out the other problem, like I said, in, with your bow when you're in there drawn back on that buck uh, of a lifetime. Or if you're just, you know, 
you know, like me, uh, I'm more interested in the meat. So big bucks, you can't eat the antlers. Uh, so, you know, any, any deer with a bow is, is a good one. And you don't want to mess it because you forgot to check everything. So just remember that. Now, when you're going out to hunt, you know, if you're going to hunt over a food plot or a large field, um, you know, during the late hours of the day, it seems to be, you know, really good time. Early morning is another good time. Uh, but don't forget, you know, those are the two best times. But the deer also get up midday and move, you know, around your noontime, you know, 11 to 1, they'll get up and move. You know, I've had places where, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, first couple hours, last couple hours, and then at noontime, you know, they're moving around. They're going to get up and move around. Uh, you know, if there's food, it's cold and there's food available, they're going to get up, move around the midday. So don't forget about that. You know, you don't want to leave at 1030. And next thing you know, deer come walking by your tree stand at 11 o'clock because stayed a half hour and hadn't come right by. I've had that happen before, you know, put up a uh, uh, little, little timers and next thing you know, yeah, it was just a, an hour or so after I left is when they come by the next day. So uh, you just want to make sure that you're out there time, learn, learn the areas, um, you know, hunt different times of day to learn when's the best time for your area. You know, different areas are going to be a little different. Uh, if you have trail cameras, uh, you can set up a trail camera. You know, they're there 24 seven. So you can see, does that deer come out at nighttime? Is it only at night when it gets to your tree stand? I had one time where the, the deer seemed to get by my tree stand, you know, come by me just after dark. You know, just just when it was, you know, couldn't shoot no more, past hunting time, and then here come the deer. So now I'm stuck in there until they get there. So I decided I'm going to move up trail, get up there. And so I moved up further, and sure enough, uh, they come by, you know, earlier in the day. So you want to figure that out, you know, what time they're going to come by in your area. Um, now that use of the trail cameras is, is a good idea. But there is also other problems with with doing that. You know, by figuring out the area, you're going to be more, you're going to be able to spend the time that's more productive in your tree stand. You know, but it's going to take you a while to learn the area. Uh, now, when you're trying to figure out where the deer are going, remember, deer like to be in heavy cover, but they still want the easiest route possible. You know, they're going to run. You know, if you have a cornfield that's in and the corn is still up, they're going to go between the corn and the trees, you know, because it's easy walking rather than walking through the, the corn or the trees. And if the field is down, they're, they're going to walk right at the edge of the cover or slightly inside the cover. Uh, so you just want to learn where they're at. Each area is going to be different. You know, if you have a field full of beans, it's going to be different than a field full of corn. You know, they can bed down in that corn all day long and you're not going to see them unless you start walking the cornfield. You know, I said they like to hang out at the edges, you know, of a field. You know, they're going to stage at the edge of the of the field uh, right before dark. You're going to see them either just into the field or just inside the cover. Uh, and then once it gets dark, then they go out and they're more relaxed. They'll go out in the field. But at that point, it's past time when you can actually hunt them. So you need to learn where they're staging and how to set up for them. Uh, so you want to place your tree stand, you know, to take advantage of, of these uh, staging areas inside the cover. Yep. And that, especially in the evening when you have the deer 
you know, are coming out to feed at night. Now, using a deer call, uh, you know, I I haven't noticed them scaring them at all. You know, it doesn't really scare them. You know, what you want to do is observe the reactions when you use your call. Uh, you know, be sure to, you know, use a, a suitable call. Otherwise, they will get, you know, suspicious. Remember, use a call on a deer. Uh, it would be looking for the source. So if you if you set up your tree stand at the edge, it's like you're you're in the tree right at the edge. There's there's no no trees in front of you, only behind you, uh, and you're calling. At, and a buck has a clear view of you, and you're using a doe bleat. Let's say that doe that doe bleat is going to make them look towards the call because they're looking for the doe, and you know especially during the rut time, they're going to look over there and see see nothing but you're right at the edge and they can pretty good at pinpointing where the sound comes from. Uh, so now if you take that same call, that same deer, but you're set up 10, 15 feet into the forest. Now you call, he knows the sound is coming from inside. He can't see inside because there's enough cover more likely to come over and check out the doe that's that he can hear. You know, now he has to work to rely on his ears and not his sight because he can't see inside of there. You know, I once had a spike buck come down a trail, um, come right right up to me, and for some reason it just stopped. And I wasn't going to shoot it anyway, but uh, and it turned around and started walking away. And I got several yards away, and I said, I'm going to get my call out. So I got my call out, and I used the call, and I heard him turning turning off to the right because it come down over my left side because I'm right, actually right hand so I set up for left-handed shot off my left side so I heard him turn to my right I can hear him walking through the the trees and and so then I called again then I heard him turn now he's coming down towards me again and you know that buck walked past my tree stand on the other side so I got him to turn around just by using a call now I wasn't going to shoot him because he was too small but Little I know, just a few, a few minutes later, a bigger buck comes walking in behind me, where I didn't set up any shooting lanes, and of course it's behind me, so I wasn't able to uh, shoot it uh, because I didn't have any any shootings behind me, and shooting behind you on a tree can be a little bit difficult. Uh, so I didn't get shot, but that's that's what this other deer come in based on the sound because they could hear it and come to it and i wasn't even focused on that other deer's focus on the little one to see what it would do learn how the deer react to the call now this was a young young buck but uh, a bigger one still responded uh, to that same call so one thing to remember is if they're within hearing range which my example showed they will either ignore it come to it or run away now, that said, the third option, I have yet to see one run away when I use a call. Either they ignore it, which happens a lot, or they come to it, they respond to it. You know, I've, I've seen deer out, out in a field and you call and they just kind of like, they're, they're, it's almost like they're deaf. They don't hear you. But you know they hear it because, you know, their hearing is, is really good. Uh, I, I remember one time when I was out hunting during the rut, in this area, sometimes you have duck hunters come out there as by a creek and, uh, or by a river, 
and they'll get out there. And I know when I've been out duck hunting and nothing's flying, you know, I get the call, I call on it just, you know, just because it's not going to hurt anything because if the ducks don't hear it, they're not going to hear it. If they do hear it, they come in. And I just thought a duck hunter was just messing around with his call, like sometimes I do sometimes. And, you know, I have several calls, so yeah, they all sound different. And you kind of play with them, see what kind of sound you can make out of them. Uh, then I saw two does, and I saw where the sound was coming from. I had a butt grunt on me, uh, so I used the call, and it didn't even make a good call. It was kind of, you, know, you kind of get a little excited, and it, it just kind of grunted kind of weird. And next thing I know, one of the does, the one not making the sound, come running straight to my tree stand, hit my pole rope, and I'm looking through my tree stand at this deer. And it's looking around for this buck that she heard. She knew it come from there, but she didn't know where exactly. Never did look up. And I was just walking around and trying to figure out where this buck was. And then the other doe that had been making this sound just kept walking, walking away. And it was interesting. And that was when here in Nebraska, you only had two tags. And so that's all you could get was two. And I'd already gotten a doe. And, and this was still November. And our season goes to the end of uh, December. So at that point, I kind of start hunting bucks only until I get to December, then I'll fill my tag. And this is early enough that uh, I, I wanted to just shoot a buck. I didn't I didn't need the meat for the freezer because at that time we didn't go through a lot of meat every year. You know, one one or two deers was plenty for a year. Um, now, since we figured out how to, you know, how to cook it and fix it, uh, then we go through a lot more. But, you know, I, that was interesting that that doe come running right to where the sound was never did look up you know i just kind of called once and and that that worked really good so the best advice uh, possible is to hunt whenever you can you know that experience is is something that you're going to be able to use the next time you go out you know those couple of calling experiences you know let me know how the deer are responding in the area and and know when when to go by going out there hunting you know, i know when the deer are going here. There was one area I was, I was out there that come first thing in the morning, and it seems like about 11 or 12 o'clock every day, a deer come down the trail. Yeah, that's at noon. And then, of course, evening was another good time. Now, let's say you're you're hunting a new hunting area. You know, when you go out there, the best way to learn a new area is set up a stand, you know, each day for a short period of time. You know, if you have, you can put up multiple stands, that's good because you can set them up on different ones, different areas. Uh, this way, you know, you're going to learn the deer movement more efficiently and quicker. Uh, the other option is to put up trail cameras, but you're going to have to put up quite a few trail cameras depending on the area that you're, you're hunting. Uh, I prefer, you know, when I'm, when I'm hunting out of a tree stand because, you know, a little bit more visibility, uh, you can see more than a trail stand, a trail camera. I can because the trail camera is only going to cover a certain view and a certain distance out in front of it because it won't trip the camera if it's not within the range, you know, some 50 feet or, or less. Well, if I'm sitting in a tray stand, I can see that 50 feet. I can see the 100 feet, uh, depending on where you're at, the trees you're in. I can see in a different angle. So, you know, maybe the trail, I missed the trail. I'm pointing, say I'm pointing north. And northeast is where the trailers are coming down. The camera doesn't see it. I can see it sitting on a tree stand. 
So there's something to be said for that. And you can see a lot of things in a tree stand all cameled up that you wouldn't see normally. That's one of the things to being outside is you can see all those things that you don't normally get to see otherwise. Now, let's say you uh, are out there and, you know, when you're hunting, when you're hunting that the new area, you know, if it's in hunting season, then, you know, you're going to have your bow with you. And let's say you set up and you, you pick the perfect spot and this deer comes by. Now, after you shoot it, you don't want to jump up right away and start tracking the deer. It takes time for that deer to take his last breath. breath. Uh, you, you can wait, you know, well, depending on how good your shot is. You know, if you didn't make the, a really good shot, it takes a little bit long, longer time. Uh, and if you make a, a fairly, you know, bad shot, uh, which we've all done, you know, any bow hunter's been out there since they've never made a bad shot, is either another taking a shot or is lying to you because, you know, we've all made a bad shot at a time. You know, we, we don't like to do it. We try not to do it. We do everything we can to not do it. But you want to wait. Uh, you know, if you shoot in the evening, you may have to just come back the next morning, uh, wait overnight. Now, that all depends on temperature. You know, if you're in an area where it's, you know, it's hot, you know, maybe it's in the 80s and it's only going to get in the 70s at night, you know, which we can have here at the first part of our season in September, you know, we can still have fairly high temperatures at night, um, you know, because our season starts in September and we don't start getting really cold till, you know, November, October, November timeframe. Uh, so that depends on how long you can wait. You know, if if it's something where it's not going to get cool out, you know, like in, you know, refrigerator temperature, you know, 40s or below, uh, your meat may not be good if you wait till the next day, especially if you wait till the next night. You know, that's that's like way too long. Uh, so you may have to wait, you know, an hour or two hours and and then go start tracking it later. Now, you know, one thing that you always want to do is let people know where you're at. Now, if you're out and you do get something at night and you know you can't wait till the next morning uh, because of, uh, you know, the temperature's too high or you actually have to work the next day, you know, let somebody know that's, hey, I'm tracking a deer, I'm going to be late. You know, that way they don't worry about the fact that your three hours past hunting time is over and still not home. Uh, so just... Pay attention to the temperature, what your time is. Don't let it go too long. After all, uh, we don't want to, um, you know, waste the animal. It doesn't completely go to waste, but we don't get to eat it. You know, the animals will or decay and, you know, the bugs will get to it. So, uh, you know, something will eat it. It's just, you know, that's the waste. You're going to shoot the animal. You, you need to do everything you can to recover it. Uh, just remember, as the temperatures go up or up at night, you have less time to get the field dressed, the animal, and to get it back. Uh, so as the temperatures get colder, now you have a little bit more time. Now, I like hunting in a tree stand over a blind. You know, I've used both. There's there's reasons, you know, why I like the tree stand. Um, you know, you can see more of what's going on. Uh, you know, I can see 360 degrees, and I can see off at whatever distance in a, a blind, you're a little bit more limited. But we can go into that in another topic later, getting more details of, of the advantages, disadvantages of a, a tree stand versus a ground blind 
uh, versus no blind, just taking normal cover. Uh, that can be a whole topic just in itself. Now let's talk about your site. Uh, there are a couple different ideas on, on sites. Um, you know, some only like to use a single pin where you're just going to aim high or aim a little bit low, uh, depending on where you're at. I set up most of my shots to be 20 yards or less. My longest shot was 40 yards and my closest shot was, was probably about I don't know, three, four feet. I use a five pin site. I've been using it for over 40 years. Uh, I've uh, forgot to pick a pin more than I picked the wrong pin. You know, because you think if you're not thinking about picking a pin, which I have done and completely missed because I forgot to aim uh, more than I picked the wrong pin. You know, out to about 25 yards, maybe. Your 20-yard pin is just fine, you know, because you're not going to aim real high or real low. You know, put it there, you know, right there on, on the lungs. And if it's a little high, a little low, no big deal. So when you start getting really close, that's when uh, you have to start thinking about where you're going to be aiming. So which type of site is best for you? you know, that's that's the, the question that would be work best if you get with your coach. Uh, if you don't have a coach, you know, coaches can help you get into uh, your your best form the quickest. If you're having troubles with something, they're going to be able to help you go through and figure out where you're, you're need to improve, where you're doing what you're doing right. So, you know, get with a coach. There's always a good, good advantage to having a coach. Remember, all athletes have coaches, you know, even your top performing athletes. They all have a coach because it's hard to see what you're doing. You have to be able to see what you're doing and, you know, let somebody else look at it. Now, remember, not everybody's a coach, but everybody has an opinion. So that's where you need to find somebody that you like that's going to help you coach. Now, that coach is going to shorten all that time, be that best archer you can be. Got it. You know, that's that's kind of my my tips for the new archer uh, go trying to go bow hunting. Uh, there there's a lot of lot of things that you can consider. Get with uh, somebody else that's been hunting for a while is another good way to go. Go with them, see if they'll they'll take you out hunting and teach you the the ropes. You know, the hard way to do it is doing it yourself. Um, when I first started, there was there was nobody to help me through anything. I didn't have anybody to say, here's what you need to do. I started off with, uh, if I seen tracks on the ground, it was a good day because I knew there was deer there. And then after a while, then I got was, okay, if I seen a deer, even if it was running a mile away, now that was a good day for me because I actually seen a deer. And, and then it got down to where, as you learn more and more, you figure out some of the paddings, what to do, how to look for them. And then, you know, if I... If I seen them, you know, I I would see them every day. I would see a deer, maybe not close enough. And then finally you get where now you have a good chance of having a deer come walking by your stand. And I remember the first deer I actually had a, was close enough to shoot. Um, I hadn't been doing it very long. And I didn't think I had a shot for it. But 
I actually did have a shot, but just didn't know that that was, uh, you know, a shot I could take. And the distance wasn't a problem. I could hit the target. That wasn't what I was worried about. It's like, I didn't think I had the right shot for it. So I passed rather than taking a shot I didn't think was good. So remember, if you want more information, there's a couple sources that I have available to you. Uh, one is the Archer Talk 101 Facebook group. I'll leave a link in the description below on how you can get in there and join that group. Uh, we, we offer a lot of advice. You can even upload a video of your shooting and somebody with you know 25 years or more experience can take a look at that video and give you some pointers. Uh, but go ahead and join the group for that. Uh, the other way is go out to archtalk101.com. That website, I have other information. I'll post information out there. Uh, if there's a product that I review, uh, I'll review the product out there. Uh, I'll put a link into them. Uh, if there's a link, sometimes they're affiliate links. Sometimes it just links into where you can get them. So I'll talk about different items there. Uh, a lot of good advice there, information uh, on that website. The other thing, if you really want to take your archer skills to the next level, uh, I offer a free 15-minute consultation call to see if coaching might be for you. Uh, we can go through that. I'll leave a link to the form for the application to apply for uh, that 15-minute free call. Just fill that form out, and then I'll know a little bit more about where you're at, what I can do, and how I can help you. And then we'll get on a, a call and see if coaching might happen to be for you. Because I do have an online archery coaching program where we go through and look at your form and, and a review them. And we get onto a, a Zoom call where we can actually see one-on-one. -on -one. I can watch a shooting and make any adjustments we have to there doing that live. Uh, I've been doing that for a while and it works really good because we can do this sitting at our own location. We don't have to about traveling anywhere. We can look at this information and then you also get a recording of the, the call when we do have on our, our coaching call on, on our Zoom. So then you can play it back as many times as you want. So remember, you need to fill out that form below to get the 15-minute free consultation call. Once again, my name is Roy Canterbury, and I've been your host today on Archer Talk 101.